and a small delicatessen far, far away in downtown Greenwood. Galaxies away. <laughs> there are two guys who love to talk sports. <laughs> who loves pickles? <laughs> May the fourth be with you, everybody. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, like the sports guys, joining you here from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood, where today the twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich is the special of the day. And this day has a lot of uh, memories for you and I as far as May the fourth goes. Haley, guess what happened today? <laughs> Four years ago. We started. Isn't that something? Well, we were the radio station. We were at the radio station then. It wasn't a podcast. It was actually a radio show. It was show. a radio show. <laughs> That's hard to believe. That's been four years, <laughs> and this is what happened. We had COVID, so this is what our this is what our sports show was four years ago. Was made the fourth be with you, Star Wars. We talked Star Wars for two and a half hours. <laughs> Everything was going on, but uh, you're glad to have you with us. A lot happening in and around the Lakeland sports wise. When you look at uh, everything that's going on in the playoffs, baseball wise, we got a lot to talk about there. Softball wise, Dixie. Only lasted two innings, but managed to come away with a 20 to nothing win. So we'll dive into that as well, give you details there. Golf teams are doing extremely well in the process also. Uh, both at Greenwood, they won the region championship. And then, of course, we all saw what uh, Cambridge Academy has been able to do. They just keep on rolling and rolling uh, in the process as well. And now they get ready coming up uh, next week for the state title. I like how you tied the golf and the rolling and rolling into the into the cup. But, yep. um, yeah, Chip Winston, a wonderful job over at Greenwood. They've done a great job at Cambridge. What now? You were telling me about Miss Sam over there at Dixie. Now, what happened in their game? Well, <laughs> on Tuesday, bring, uh, bring the Lakelands up. Uh, okay. Well, ba- basically, <laughs> uh, they were they taking on C. A. Johnson. Let me grab my notes. I think they were taking on C. A. Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'll have to go back and look. But uh, uh, it basically took two innings. <laughs> pretty much is all they needed in order to come away with a win. When you look at. Uh, uh, how they were doing things over there. And, and Samantha Ferguson, you know, she's not she's accustomed to championships, both in softball and in volleyball, um, and they continue to just roll. But this one, uh, it got out of hand really, really quick. Matter of fact, six outs is all it took for them to win a cha- or win the Region 1, or I should say Game 1 of the uh, playoffs as it comes down to it. But uh, uh, in due west, they were taking on, I was right, C.A. Johnson, and just – Basically, manhandled them, as we'll call it that. But Mackenzie McElrath pitched a perfect game <laughs> to go along with it. Uh, she had five strikeouts, and then the other, only other out uh, was a ground out that ended up going to first. But um, they continued to roll. 20 to nothing was the final. Uh, C.A. Johnson didn't even get through their entire lineup before this game was called. Wow. And didn't I see where the Abbeville girls are rolling, too, in yeah. softball? They are. In the, they're in the same – are they in the same region bracket? Um, they they do the pods is oh, that's what right, they're that's doing. Right. Which I, um, I kind of like those, actually. <laughs> yeah, let me back up. I had baseball first, but we'll back we will up go and, baseball. We and go. we'll start with the softball aspects of it because there's, there's a lot that is going on. Um, but Dixie's in, in 1A, whereas you look at 96 and Abbeville, they're going to be in the 2A rankings. Yeah. Um, as they go on. But the pot system, I, I, I see where it works. Saluda, of course, is in the loser's bracket. They fell to Chesney 10 to nothing uh, back on Tuesday. So they're going to be back in action tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, uh, taking on Columbia. And remember, it's a double elimination process in that. And then um, 96, they had a victory over Landrum. 
that took place uh, last night. So they'll play again tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow they'll play. They'll take on Strom Thurmond. So Strom Thurmond will be coming to 96 in softball. Very interesting matchup there. So it should be fun. Strom Thurmond won 15 to nothing, whereas 96 <laughs> beat Landrum 8 to 5 uh, in that. But, um, you know, Landrum was a number two seed, whereas 96 is a three seed. Strom Thurmond is a one seed. Uh, and Keenan was a four seed in that little pod that they're in there. And then Abbeville, they uh, uh, continue to win. They ended up a big win over Pillion uh, last night also. So they'll get a chance to advance, and they'll probably be taking on Great Collegiate Academy, who won 17-1 to over Blacksburg. Saw that one as well. Yeah, so. so. And, uh, you know, that leads to a whole other thing. We'll talk about it because the high school league is putting in a request to change the law as far as um, – Competitive evenness, I guess you would say, as they like to call it. And then for uh, Greenwood, they're still in the playoffs. They're doing extremely well in softball. We saw them Tuesday night. We got to watch about an inning of it. But uh, they continue to, to keep rolling as they beat South Aiken back on Tuesday. They got Greer tonight, and that'll be at Greenwood. Six o'clock will be the first pitch if you want to head on out there to, uh, well, it's not Eagle Park. What do the ladies call their softball field? Windy part on it. It may be they may call there something right, kind of like along the lines. Yeah. But it's it's a nice park, you know. They've really done a good job with it. But those ladies were rolling when we were out Tuesday night for real. I mean, they were having fun playing. It's I use this word a lot with every sport green was got. It's like the culture has changed so much now, Tom. From when I was there, every coach is there has got this attitude, and it's not only about winning the right way. And we, we've seen that in every coach that we've interviewed. We had Baker the other day. We need to get this young lady on here uh, from the softball team because they're doing it, and they're doing it the right way. And they're building a culture that I love. And, you know, we don't like to pat Spar- uh, Sparky too much, but he deserves oh, a lot of the, he's, the claps. He's making the right um, hires. Because it's with everything. I mean, and it's it's so good to see Greenwood back in things. And there's there, we're always looking for stuff in Greenwood, and we're going to call it the Lakeland area to do. And there you go. That game's tonight. Get out and support them. Um, the guys will be on the road tomorrow night, I think. So get out and support your girls tonight. That's a big game tonight for them against Greer. Yeah, Greer's a three seed, whereas Greenwood's a six seed. So, uh, and it comes to it comes to Greenwood. That's the how that's the how it works out. Kind of weird in that. That's regard. what we've done. What two or three games we've talked about already. And Strom Thurmond's a one seed, but yet they're coming to ninety six, which is a six seed. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird how they are doing it. But I guess that does make it fair along the way because eventually they'll get back to where they're supposed to be as the one seeds, if they, unless they lose. Yep. Uh, in baseball, uh, in the playoffs as of right now, we start with Greenwood. They took on Midland Valley on Tuesday due to the fact that uh, that whole region had a little bit of issue with an eligible player uh, at airport, so everybody got to move up one. So Midland Valley got to uh, get a couple extra games in, which was kind of nice. They ended up losing last night, um, so they were in the loser's bracket. They took on Northwestern. Northwestern won there. But um, Greenwood uh, – had their had a pretty easy time, I would say, uh, against uh, Midland Valley. Um, you look at Elijah Tiller; he hit a grand slam in the process of that game. Um, unfortunately, uh, that didn't translate into what happened yesterday. You got back-to-back games, and that's kind of tough as well. Um, they took on Lawrence at Greenwood. It was eleven to four at the end of five, right? Yes. No, at the end of six. Mm-hmm. At the end of six innings, and then Greenwood battled back to a nine to eleven. Uh, loss uh, at the hands of the Raiders. So they uh, Greenwood now ends up moving into the loser's bracket. So tomorrow 
the Eagles will be taking on Eastside, and Eastside has to come down and take on Greenwood. Greenwood's going to be the home team uh, pretty much through the entire thing, but Greenwood will have to eventually beat um, one team from the uh, uh, winner's bracket. It might be Lawrence, and it could be North Augusta. Those are the two teams remaining up there. Yeah, North Augusta Westside play next. Is that what I'm looking at? Um, they yeah. play today? North Augusta and Lawrence play tomorrow. Okay, okay. Um, as of right now, nobody in this in this bracket plays today. Uh, so we'll just kind of keep an eye on it. But tomorrow also you got Indian Land taking on Northwestern and Eastside and Greenwood. So, But that North Augusta, Lawrence, Lawrence going to have to travel down there to take on North Augusta. The one thing that we talked about, you and I, we, we had the pleasure of making it out and, and doing an interview with, with the coach and – I didn't realize this, Tom. When Midland Valley came the other night, I didn't realize who their coach was. It's Brad Richardson. They was formerly a Greenwood. Oh. Um, and, and Jim and TJ was the one that made up the fact that he says, that's Brad. and Brad and I played softball together at Northside years and years ago, but really good guy. And he was one of the ones that came in and started this whole deal. Uh, really good coach. And, and like I said, I thought he had moved on to somewhere totally else but they were talking about last night during the other game but let's give credit where it was due last night you know the last time that that Lawrence and Greenwood played it was kind of a cakewalk for Greenwood but you know what these playoffs remind me of is a middle week game and you don't know what pitcher you're going to get we got a pitcher last night that was ready to show his stuff and he did Mason Hamby put on a show with the bat and with his arm Went three for three at the plate I yeah. mean how many how many pitches 110. I was thinking there was a max, and I guess I was wrong, but I was thinking you couldn't go. I was thinking there was a 90-something max on pitches, but I guess I am wrong about that because that kid never let up. I kept just hoping as soon as we would get the hits together or hit batter, put them on base, and we ran ourselves out of a couple of innings. That I just was like, if we could have had it back, I think this team, we would have won this game if we could have knocked him out of that game. They went out and talked to him three times, and I was thinking they, they're going to pull him now. We got a chance. And that Lawrence coach is like, inning, yeah. yeah, he's like, and when he did, you could see the coach's face like, I should have let him throw 200 <laughs> pitches. Um, but they, they brought a guy in that they were talking about. He's, he's a Wofford commit. Um, they were talking the matchup between he and TJ. Uh, and TJ, as you told me, is an old Dominion commit. So uh, congrats to TJ. Can we interview him the other day? This is the game that Greenwood fought back. And I think you said it best, <laughs> or I said, this was a game where you fought another team, but you had another group that was, was against you in a way, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the home plate umpire. I, they can find me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, you sit there and you watch it, and, I, you know, and I'm sitting there. I'm watching it on my tablet. You're watching it on your laptop probably. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm strike. But yet you and I both saw that it was a good six to 12 inches outside. Or the inside. one that got TJ was the one that was basically in the dirt. It drops off into the dirt. It was a good pitch when it left his hand, but where it ended up, that's not a strike. And, I mean, unfortunately, it put it put the hitters in a bad spot because Landon had to swing at two balls that I never would have even looked at swinging at, but mm-hmm. he had to. I couldn't stand there or, or risk getting rung up. But um, all in all, I'm going to give Coach Baker, you know, he, he always wants to put the credit back on those players. They deserved it. They never gave up in a game. They could have said, you know what, this is game two. We're still going to play. Let's just rest up the rest of the game, go to the locker room. And we got a loss. But they didn't. And they fought back. And they, I'm going to tell you, Couple more innings, and they, I'm telling you, I think they would have come back and maybe won this game. I mean, well, they had two out. Well, they had two men on, one out, 
um, when they changed pitchers for the for the third time. When they brought the the, the Walker commit in yeah, there, and he, and he shut it down with fastballs. He didn't play around with little mm-hmm. cutters and little curveballs and the little pretty pitches like the other kid. The other kid had control. I mean, I, he had the umpire in his pocket, but he had control. <laughs> um, because, like I said, out of those hundred, I mean, his ball-to-strike ratio was unreal, too. I don't think the umpire ever called a ball on him. If yeah. he did, it was because he had to. But, um, I, I, but you know, you're not going to hear Coach say that. You're going to let that. You're going to leave it to us to do that and just say, you know, this is disappointing that it came down to something like that. Uh, I know that the night before the crowd was really into the game on the umpires the night before. Um, I'm not one to jump umpires. I mean, because I've done it. Until you put your shoes in those cleats plate, and yeah. you've done it. And I've been behind the plate, and it's a very tough job to do. Um, and I was a little amazed, like, last night looking into it. You know, when that game started, he actually was looking into the sun a little bit also. Not that I had anything to do with his calls, but all in all, like I said, no quitting this team. That's why Coach loves his dudes, as he always says. Um, he's all, and, and they love each other. They play for each other. And I tell you, I, I can't wait to see Eastside game. Um, they better be ready to play because I think this team's going to really come out and show something. But you were talking about Elijah Tiller's Grand Slam. It's still going, but it hadn't come down. It might have hit the lake by now, but uh, it, it's still going down 72. It's looking for the oceans. It, you know, it, that was a bomb. <laughs> and the kid last night for, for Lawrence had a bomb that was out there about that length. But, um, you know, it was also cool to sit there and watch that game and see Coach Liner in the background. And the rest of his boys over there kind of stand on the fence, like, you know, rooting them boys on, too. That's uh, just Chris Liner, man. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying about the culture at Greenwood. You know, yeah, they got a, they've got an impo- important task. They've started spring, you know, football practice. But you know what? At the end of your practice and, and you got a game going on, right, you're already right there, man. Show your love to the baseball team. Tell them to pull it out. And then in his hopes, when it's over with for them, they're going to be out supporting that football team. So congrats to Coach Liner, too, for, for letting that take place as well. So uh, really fun, man. We're into it. Um, I don't know if you were as tired as I was last night, man. I'm telling you, I was wore out. <laughs> well, I was switching back and forth between the Greenwood game and the Emerald, <laughs> and I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to turn the, the uh, uh, Braves on, and I'll watch the Greenwood game here and the Braves on that side. So. I just – I know Jim Jim Steele and TJ had to been just slap tired because, like I said, it, that was just a game – you and I get to call games that are, are that are, are fun. We do, we, we do football, and it's not always – and I told you the other night sitting out in that crowd, I was like, this is one thing we don't have to deal with the officiating from the crowd because, I mean, a lot of times we look at each other, we're like, where did that call come from? When you're right there at that game, even though the, the, the home plate guy heard everything me and said where we were at, mm-hmm. right behind home plate with them. And, I mean, that's a tough thing to do too. You, like I said, you got to have thick skin to be an umpire. It's not for everybody. It wasn't for me. Um, but like I said, I'd rather get out there and coach it. But, you know, just congrats to Greenwood for not giving up. And I think that will and determination is going to come through on, on tomorrow night when they play Eastside. I really yeah. do. And then Emerald, they had a hard task back on Tuesday. They ended up taking on a Blue Ridge team up at Blue Ridge. And uh, 9 nothing the final there. So that puts them into the loser's bracket in their pod as they're going to get to play Powdersville later on tomorrow. No, today. It's today. It's today. So, 631st pitch. Is that a roader here? That's on the road. It's up at okay. Powersville. That's right. That's where they're going to go. But, uh, you know, Emerald's a young team. It is. And, and I, I think Coach Hyatt knew that going in. Got a couple of big key players with, with Howard and a couple of the other guys. But 
But, like said, yeah. but they're in there with a couple of powerhouses, too. they got Seneca. you got uh, uh, Blue Ridge in there. Um, not so sure about Powders, but we know they're a good basketball and a good football, football school. I yeah. imagine they're going to be good in baseball as well. Well, to be a three seed in all of this, they were the second seed. I think to be the, the, the youth that he does have, whereas Greenwood is very mature, uh, with their with their seniors and a couple of juniors, but I think just to even being a playoff is is a win win for for Coach Height and and this baseball team. And like I said, the experience that you get from playing in playoff games next year, they'll be a lot better baseball team. And these games, even if they're losing them, it's giving them the experience and accomplishment to play against uh, really caliber caliber teams in the playoffs. So. It's well, exciting. Looking, I am. I'm looking looking forward to it. It's the first time that Max been back in the playoffs mm-hmm. too. In what the, the two three years he's been here, so. And like it's I said, growing. he he's used to being there. Take so. those stepping stones and move on. Yeah, yep. and you it takes it, it. You don't just build it right away. I mean, you know, I mean, they did it in the movie, but it takes a while to build the team the way you want to build it. I mean, think about his teams at Sterling Thurman. They were they were. It good. took a while to get there. Yeah, it took a couple of years. And I mean, he's got he'll have another year coming in, and some other players are going to come in. And I mean, he's a great guy to play for. I mean, Green was lucky to have what we got in this town with Baker and Coach Height. So. Uh, sky's the limit, so, you know, let's go out and get it done tonight, guys. Yep. Then Abbeville, they uh, lost to Blacksburg back on Tuesday night, 9-5 decision that's there. So, Blacksburg moves on. They'll play Pillion. Abbeville moves into the uh, loser's bracket of their pod. They get Keenan, who uh, lost to uh, Pillion 10 to nothing. So, Abbeville looking to bounce back and um, at least move on with a possibility of playing either Blacksburg or Pillion again. So I saw that was the most runs that Abbeville, I think, had given up in uh, – about a month or so, mm-hmm. those nine runs. So this team doesn't give up. That staff doesn't give up a lot of runs, and they usually hit hit the ball a lot better too. So expect a different outcome in that game also. Yep, and then Strom Thurmond, or uh, excuse me, not Strom Thurmond, Saluda, they end up winning in heroic style <laughs> back on Tuesday night. Uh, stealing home is, is a big deal, and you end up winning it for the walk-off win, 9-8 to eight being the final there over Batesburg-Leesville. So you, move on to, yep, <laughs> so you move on into the uh, winner's bracket, but you get the Eagles of Great Collegiate coming your way and uh you know that's that's going to be a tough match up there you know that's another one you know we joke about the Abbeville great collegiate kind of rivalry this building salute is right there with with Abbeville as far as like they're playing gray a lot and they're playing them in the playoffs a lot of the time now uh so that could be a new little rivalry rivalry that is renewed but um I tell you I I'll be pulling for Salute, you know that, but that's just me. (laughs) All of us will be any Abbeville fan will be rooting for Salute at this one too and I think, like I said, I think their pitching is good enough to where it can hold out as well and, and, and do well. So we'll see what they can do. And I imagine that game you probably can catch on Saluda now. Mm-hmm. And then Dixie uh, came away with a big win over C.A. Johnson, 15 to nine. What is it with Dixie and C.A. Johnson? Softball and baseball, they end up with big wins, although the ladies outdid the guys by five. That's all right. <laughs> like I said, I, you know, I kind of spotlighted that team last week because of the hitters and the pitching that they mm-hmm. had. I'm telling you, Tom, when you got a guy like, like – let's talk about Mason Hanley from uh, Lawrence again from last night. When you got a pitcher that can hit too, that changes the whole dynamic to knowing that you're – you're the one starting the game with your arm, but if you hit the ball and you put it in play and you score runs and you get on base, you control that game. And that's what's happened in that game right there. I mean, he, he started out pitching and he probably, I don't I didn't even see what he hit last night for Dixie, but uh, I know he pitched last night or the night before last. Yeah. So uh, they put up enough runs and, and, you know, pitching was decent enough to get him into it. And I think they welcome a chance to play possibly another 
C.A. Johnson team or whoever comes out of that loser bracket. Well, they got uh, Southside Christian now because oh. <laughs> they're both in the winner bracket. Southside Christian took care of Calhoun County. Five to one was the final that one. So this game may be a little closer. You know, you never get rid of Southside Christian in any sport. <laughs> they were bowling. It still, they'd still be there for it. So. Yep. And then Calhoun Falls was in action. They took on Louisville. They went up there. Louisville wins 16 to nothing. So Calhoun Falls uh, falls down in the loser's bracket. They'll take on Rich Springs Mineta, who lost to St. Joe's 16 to two. Um, and that game will be played tonight. A little bit closer to home for them. So that's a little ride to Louisville. Yep. And what about the other Purple Hornets, the Ware Shoals? Ware Shoals. They get a big win over Calhoun Falls. Uh, they move on into the winner's bracket, and they're going to be taking on uh, Brasher Middle College Charter School, uh, who ended up with a win over Wilston Elko. So uh, hopefully they can stay in the winner's side there. But that's going to be another one of those um, you know, charter schools that, that – and we'll talk about that because I got that coming up here shortly. I said one up there at Simpsonville or going to Greenville or something. Yeah, like it's that, uh, so. yeah, it's kind of up there. What is it? You know, the playoffs. It seems in the last couple of years has been Great Falls and 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 where shows and that's just. I mean, Great Falls is good in a lot of sports that they do play, and I think they're again it's a testament to the coaching staffs at, at where shows to get them back into play and stuff. So, I uh, look forward to it, man. Like I said, Lakelands, we got to pull them through, man. We'll get them there. They keep playing, we keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, as far as head coaching changes go in and around South Carolina, as of right now, we're down to seven still um, that are there. One did get filled. Buford hired Joe Watson as their new head football coach. So he was an assistant with the Yellow Jackets on the staff that's there. So he just turns around and moves on. But um, still looking at seven that are going to have to have interim coaches coach for as of right now. They're still looking. And this is, I just, the timing just doesn't, I like the Buford hire because I think that was the offensive coordinator. And that, that says a lot about, he already knows what his whole intent is going to be. Now he's just got to, him and the defensive guy got to get together and come up with a game plan to do it. But if you're one of these other teams that have not hired McCormick and a couple of the others. Well, Andrew Jackson is one. East Clarendon was last week. Uh, and what's that the one that's been out and, forever? Edisto's uh, been out forever. Um, McCorm- well, Mullins was Mullins the other was one. Mullins was the one that's been out since January. Yeah, and McCormick's in that group, and so is Pickens, or not Pickens, but Ridge Springs Mineta, which uh, was, what, at the beginning of April. Yeah, you're right. They've been around a long time. And you think about it, Ridge Springs Mineta just played in the playoffs, what, two years ago? Or won mm-hmm. the playoffs two years ago. So, I mean, that's just – Tommen's weird. Now, Mullins is up there with Marion, so that might be one of the problems down there toward the coast. But uh, I'd, give, I'd like to ask a couple people about that job. But uh, I, it's just surprising that this late in the game, you're starting spring and you don't have a coach or, or you haven't even named an interim coach yet. That's what's more surprising <laughs> to me. Um, and then we want to say congratulations to uh, Robbie Harrison. He went ahead and put his name in the transfer portal, what, about a month ago. And he had all kinds of offers, SMU, Memphis, um, South Florida, and then eventually decided, well, you know what, I'm going to Indiana. I'm going to play in the Big Ten. Pretty good coach. So. Pretty good team, experienced quarterback. Um, I, it's a good job. I mean, it's a good spot to be in right there for him. And congrats to Smiling Rob. And, and uh, you're right. I mean, I think he adds a, a new dynamic to that team that, they, that they've been missing, you know, past couple of years on that team. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he, uh, you know, how he does that's up there because they open up this fall. They open up with the Ohio State. So he, he may get introduced to Big Ten football in a big way. I think he's happy for it. Like I said, that's one thing about Indiana. You're always like the rival of every team that you play. I mean, it's like 
you know, it's not just Indiana, Illinois anymore. It's like Michigan. That's always a big matchup. And then, like you say, they start with Ohio State, another team that they start out. And that's one that, that yeah, I can promise you that Ryan Day is not going to be looking forward to jumping into right <laughs> off the bat. Because Indiana's offense is usually very well. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm. And then boys varsity golf, first place for region for Greenwood High. They end up shooting a 310. So did Greenville. But then they had to go into sudden death. So they all took four players from each team for their best, and they played a sudden death hole on hole number nine uh, and ended up winning by one shot is what Sparky told us, one shot. Uh, he came out and said that Jalen Fisher shot a 76, Keegan Farmer shot a 76, uh, Cameron Addison or Addis had a 78, Josh Brown shot an 80 and made the all-region team, and Adam Knox also part of that team that was there. But uh, to do that out at the links was impressive. Played at Snobs, I mean, Cobbs Glen, excuse me, and Anderson, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's it. And, you know, nine's a – it's not an easy course. I mean, I played that – it's not an easy hole on that golf course in Anderson. I, it's a pretty difficult hole, and to come out and win it like that. But when you got your medalist, is what we call them, your mm-hmm. egg offers, and he throws up a bad number like he did, and you still win, congrats to your teammates. <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's all region. Yeah. But he threw up one of the worst numbers on the day. And, you know, that's, 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 that's what his team golf for. That's, that's live golf right there, brother. You're not playing by yourself. Team. Playing as a team. Now, you love live. I do like the – you know, it was more enjoyable to me. The guys are having fun, and the golf to me is better. There's not as much pressure. There is no pressure. And, and that, maybe that's what I don't particularly – I like college golf, and I like watching – and we'll be talking about college golf because Columbus and Carolina both are big, going to be big in it, girls and guys. But uh, congrats to Chip Witt. I know you're working on a, uh, an interview with him, hopefully, and uh, get him in here. Yep. And, he, he, you know, being a former player at Greenwood and, and doing things that he's done and he's accomplished in his life, I almost would have thought he'd be a club pro by now and just said, you know what, I'm done <laughs> coaching. But, he, you know, he, he's doing a good job. Well, we'll see how he does. He's got the upper state qualifier for the Greenwood Eagles coming up on Monday. That'll be out at Stony Point. Um, you know, they'll need to finish in the top eight out of the 13 teams that are coming in order to qualify for the upper state tournament. <laughs> we joking today. I'm, I'm glad they're not playing Cambridge because <laughs> that's, that's four guys right there. Those guys can actually slap it around and, and really do it with really good scores. And uh, so, I mean, you know, they played for the Skiza and mm-hmm. actually finished second. But uh, so, congrats to Cambridge and their golf team. Girls and guys over there too as well. I know they had their little senior night last night, and that was a you know they put it on Facebook. And I shared it because uh, we a lot of times we forget about Greenwood Christian and, and Cambridge and Palmetto and the rest of these. They, they're part of the Lakelands too, and we got to show them some love. Yeah, and they they bested some good team. The only team that beat them was Heritage Academy, but they yep. came back and they ended up winning over Low Country Prep, Charleston Collegiate, and, and Curtis Baptist, and all of that. But uh, you know, big wins for them. Curtis Baptist, that's the one I was always telling you about at my grandparents' church. That's Augusta, Bo. That, that's where the sons of PGA players are, are going to school. So, I mean, you're playing some really talented players when you play an Augusta team like that. So. And you mentioned their seniors that they have and yeah. just how good they were. If they weren't playing at Cambridge, and maybe if they were playing at Greenwood, just how good that team would be uh, that is there. But um, you got the likes of Spencer Haygood, uh, Preston Turner, Seth Massey, um, those three. Just put up huge numbers. Every one of those names, you know, you know Turner especially is, is one of his brother was a player. So, like I said, it's just it's just the, the amazing. It's not unusual we have golf in this area because we have good golf, uh, but those teams are coming strong at the right time. That's the thing about golf. Golf's a weird game. You go out and it's, it's a bad day. It's raining. You're like, I ain't playing today. You can't do that. And like I said, these, both of these teams are going out and they played really tough teams. 
And they're playing well. <laughs> and speaking of golf, the uh, uh, Emerald Vikings have a disc golf tournament that's coming up. If you want to be part of it, it's a, fun, it. it's a fundraiser this weekend for um, the Green or uh, the uh, Emerald Swim Team and also the Westview Boys Basketball Team. That's going to be going on 9 a.m. It'll be out at the Greenwood Civic Center. If you want more information, you can contact Coach uh, Sharon. Um, do that uh, by going to Sharon, that's S-H-E-A-R-I-N-N, at greenwood50.org. That's G-W-D-50.org, and then get more information that is there. But that should be a fun one. If I wasn't going to be uh, out of town if you weren't working that weekend? You know, it's, the, it's the Saluda River rallies going on, so I'm going to be oh. in a kayak on a float. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's going to be up there. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe I can get 18 discs in before. Maybe. We'll see. I didn't realize that Greenwood, the Civic Center out there had that. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it was just at Landers. That I have lost many a disc out on that I, You know, that's line. one thing. I mean, I've played a lot of golf <laughs> in my life, but I've never played disc golf. I know you got to have the same the little disc, just like your club. So, mm-hmm. uh, do, they, do they supply the club, the uh, disc, or do you have to bring no, your you own? No, you've got to bring your own. Okay. got to bring your own. All right, I guess so. I'll go back to Academy. Or yeah, but if you want more information on that uh, golf tournament, the disc golf tournament, uh, it's a doubles tournament, by the way. So you and a partner, uh, go to uh, emeraldathletics.org or .com and get all the details there. If you go to the athletic website. I imagine Jim cool. Steele's pretty good at that, too. So. <laughs> I was, there's your partner, right? I've never tried that. So. Give it a shot. We'll wait. <laughs> Give it a shot. All right. I'm Tom Carroll. He's Chris Cox. We're at Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood, where the Thursday special is the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich to go with it. Um, absolutely delicious, although I did change it up today. I went with the Reuben today, and it was just as good. I was going to say, I didn't see a 52 over there, and no. I was like, ooh, it is Reuben. a Thursday. But, hey, a Reuben's you can't. Those are always good, too, so. And if you come in the door now, Caroline's mopping, so be careful when you walk through the door. Because so. <laughs> weird things happen on the 4th. I'm just, I keep looking over and seeing Star Wars. So. It does. It is kind of a... <laughs> the Star Wars theme continues on. May the Force be with you. May the 4th be with you, as we like to say. Uh, let's talk a little bit about college now, because we've got a lot of stuff that is going on. We'll start with Erskine uh, as they uh, their season comes to an end. The baseball team does. They uh, took a tough one on the chin. 3-1, to one, they lose over Francis Marion. Um in this one, and it was Erskine's, what, first conference tournament game that quickly kind of turned. Yeah. Usually when they get into the tournament, they, they came out dynamite and go. But this one, just from the get-go, um, they just couldn't get guys around the bases. And I so. told you, I told Coach Burke, we were joking about it, and I told you on podcast the other week, I said, Landers playing friends and Marion before they play. And like I said, I think Erskine was the better team. I think they were like 29 and 28. Something on the season, they had a better record than than Princess Marion, but they just couldn't get the job done. And you know, congrats to a good season. I mean, you, you're still you know twenty nine twenty is a good record. Uh, and like I said, it Coach Burke and the boys just didn't take enough out of it for you, so you can blame Blander over there, Coach Burke and them, <laughs> for not helping you out. But uh, interesting, like I said, Princess Marion, one of those perennial teams that are always in the playoffs. So look out for them; they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch uh, as they continue to move on in uh, Conference Carolina. That is there. Also, with Erskine, the volleyball uh, made a little noise as well as uh, the American Volleyball Coaches Association went ahead and announced their 33rd annual National Collegiate Men's Volleyball All-American team and Erskine's junior outside hitter by the name of uh, Kaper Rybarczyk. 
I was going to text you and ask you if you could say that for me. So, yeah, it's a Ryber check. Yeah. He was named uh, an honorary mention onto that team. So big big things for them. That's they're, an honor, yeah. They're going through the process of the stepping stones as well and getting better. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Urchins had good year. Other than the basketball, they've had good good seasons this year and what they're playing. So. Then we got uh, a lot of fun that's going to end up starting tomorrow as the Peach Belt Baseball Tournament gets underway. Uh, conference play, that is there. Lander is going to be in game number two. That will take place at uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night as they get USC Aiken, a team that they finished up the season mm-hmm. with. They yeah. get to cut, turn right back around and end up playing again. They took two or three from them uh, at the end of, well, last weekend. Let's just call it what it is, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now here it is, Friday again, they got a rematch. I think Burke's happy with that matchup. I think Burke's not happy with it because, all right, this is at Young Harris. Is that correct? Or is it's it? at Young Harris. Yeah. All right, and the way that works is they won the conference. Is that? They won the regular season. So if you win the regular season, you host the tournament? Correct. Okay. So we know what we got to do to get it back to Dolan next year. We got to win, <laughs> Coach. You got to win. But Young Harris, they're going to end up taking on um, the number seven seed in North Georgia in game number one. That'll take place at 2 o'clock tomorrow. So hopefully that so. puts Lander North and, and Will Young Harris in a, in a game maybe. It put, and remember, they swept Young Harris. I know. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. That's what I say. I think Burke's got to be happy with that because you're getting an AQ team that you just took care of, basically, even though they are the three. They're actually the three, which is a little crazy with the records and everything. But uh, – like I said, I think Lander's the better team there. So I look for I look for Young Harris and, and Lander. And this, and this is a double elimination process too. So um, the winner that comes out of this bracket ends up uh, you know only having to really uh, lose once and still could end up winning. Whereas if you drop down to that losers bracket, you got to beat the winning team twice. Yeah, double dip so to speak. As we used to play in softball, yeah. so it's fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch, but the uh, way Coach Burke has got these guys playing as of right now, what, the last three weeks have yeah. been awesome baseball for them. And, you know, he wasn't happy, what, two weeks ago? With, with when the, we saw him, yeah. With, with the play of the team. So, you know, I guess he got in there and, you know, a couple little words got to him and they want to play now. So they're ready to – nobody wants to end their season. I mean, nobody wants to end their season at the end of the year. They want to continue to play for the playoffs, and they're in it. So let's do something about it. All right, then we got to congratulate Lander's women's golf team. They've been selected to play. They're going to be in the NCAA South Regional um, that is coming up. They're tw- ranked 20th right now in the nation uh, in Division Two as far as the postseason plays after their big first conference title since 2013. They ended up shooting a 923. They beat the number 16 Flagler team by six strokes. And, and Flagler's always had the golfers on that. That's, you got to think about that. That's 10 years. That's the last time they won it was 10 years ago. And 13. That, that's right there, you know, that's changing the dynamic of, of Lander Bearcat Ladies Cop. I would imagine there's a new coach in play uh, from way back when. But uh, like I said, good job to them. And I, I noticed that a couple of them did get all region as well. They got mm-hmm. all division or region players as well. So Yeah, you're looking at Caroline Hardy. Um, I have a hard time saying her name. Is Sakuruka? <laughs> Sakuruko? Tanaka? And then you got Ellen Nelson, who's a junior, and um, Lequest, who is the big name that you were talking about. Yeah, that has done well. Is, that whole name, that's a, just a golf name within itself, So especially women's golf. <laughs> and then on the men's side, lacrosse-wise, uh, they're set to battle Flagler for the Peach Belt Conference Championship coming up this Saturday. This one should be fun. You know, and we Howard's done a lot with the with the lacrosse girls and guys team, so uh, we, we kind of – 
come to like that team as well. And like I said, we know a couple of local people. Uh, I know Mr. McCaslin's ready for that game, and they'll be ready to play it. So let's go. We're at the point now. Let's bring them home. Yeah. Let's bring them home. But Lander right now, the regular season, perfect 5-0 and in conference play. That's, that's good news. Um, they recently defeated, too, the number four seed in Abbeville, Huntsville uh, Chargers, 12-11 to in the Peach Belt semifinals. And what's amazing is the fact that these are new sports teams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not something that we've had around 20 years. They're actually doing well in their first or second or third year. So. Keep adding on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned uh, USC Aiken already. I'm not going to rehash all, <laughs> all of that. Um, let's let's turn to the big boys now because the Gamecocks had a midweek game. Clemson did not. Clemson is in the middle of their finals, uh, getting ready to come to an end at the end of the week. But Carolina had uh, to host the Winthrop Eagles, and you know, anytime you host any Eagle team out of the Rock Hill. It's going to be a challenge. But they went deep uh, a number of times, ended up with a 6-1 win. Four home runs, uh, and like I said, they did against Winthrop's ace pitcher. Uh, that was one thing that kind of surprised me because, you know, you don't, you, that's what you expect when you play midweek and you play a, a top-ranked team mm-hmm. like the Gamecocks are, three or four seed, and you play them and you do well. And, I mean, um, I just I know they were ecstatic. Now, this is a game that featured something that I wasn't aware of until today. Mark Keeson was suspended for that game because of bumping the umpire in the Auburn game. And so the man you're fixing that did the post game last night, Monty Lee actually ran the team last night. And the one thing I noticed was some of the lineups were a little bit different. So I'm not sure that he and Kingston were on the same page with it, or Monty just said, you know what? You I'm going to do it my you way. You ain't got to say, Coach. I'm gonna, this is going to be my team right now. And so I know he was happy with it. He was happy on the news last night. So I can't wait to hear what you said. Yeah, here's, here's Monty Lee after the big win over uh, uh, the Winthrop Eagles. Well, I don't know if we could have asked for more out of our pitching staff. We knew we were going to have to use a number of guys. You know, Eli Jones gives you that calming presence. Uh, you know, a guy that's been out there a good bit for us. Threw, threw the ball very well. Jerson back pounded the strike zone. Uh, really, really proud of Proctor. You know, Proctor has been very, very good for us lately. Came in again in high-leverage situations and made big pitches for us. Uh, proud of Austin Williamson. Get him in the game. Thought he threw well. Cade threw well. Dylan threw well just again. Only three walks on the night. I think we punched out ten. Gave up one run on the, on the road. and. I defensively played a solid baseball game behind him, but I thought our pitching staff did an outstanding job. I think if a play was that, that relayed, it's extremely bad. Yeah, I mean, it was, that was a huge play. As, you know, at the time, they go ahead if we don't make that play. And, you know, sometimes momentum can swing in the other dugout if you don't make a play like that. You know, fortunately for us, it worked out. You know, get the game uh, tied at, at one. And then, you know, we found a way in the seventh to kind of break it open. Richie hit the big homer, hit two more home runs, uh, you know, in the inning with Tippett. And then, uh, you know, Petri. So, uh, you know, we kind of pushed our lead, you know, from there. But, uh, you know, there for a while, they were making it tough on us. They fit an extremely uh, good ball game. So there you have uh, Monty Lee. And you can tell Monty Lee is excited to be uh, in those interviews there once again. But you're right. He did things a little differently than Kingston does. And you got to have uh, kind of that inkling that – that uh, Tanner has that in the back of his head as to that was a winning team. I had already, we've already discussed the deal. <laughs> with Here's the thing about this funny about when I, when the coaches are different. All right, in, in the Auburn series, when when we talked to you know Coach Keen, Kingston came out Sunday or Monday, he talked about the hitting and where how it was lackluster. This was all about the pitching because Monty Lee is the pitching coach, uh, and so therefore. 
they pitched a great game last night, but they also hit the four home runs that you wouldn't have known about, really, other than the fact he said we got enough runs for our pitching staff. That's all he said <laughs> as far as the hitters. Uh, so, Stan's five, he would have been upset about that. Uh, but, uh, like I said, they, what, I, what I like about it now is, you know, we, we have had a couple injuries with the starters. We're doing it by committee now, and I think the further you go into postseason play, that helps you 100 times over. Uh, that you have the confidence in a guy like Brocker and, and the other kid that can, that can come in at any point in time and give you the relief that you need. And uh, I think we're I think we're okay right now. Like I said, I think we need to do well in the tournament. Uh, I think Clemson needs to do well in the tournament. I was joking when you coming up the road <laughs> that I saw the projection, and it looked like it could be Carolina hosting Clemson two-seed, Davidson three-seed, and Walford as a four-seed, which is a joke for Walford to be four because they won the, the uh, SOCON. Or they're leading the SoCon, mm-hmm. whatever. They won the tournament. So that would be an interesting bracket well, to be at Founders, uh, to have Clemson and Walford in it. Um, and that would be kind of a struggle for the Gamecocks, I think, because, I mean, when you get in those games with, with SoCon teams, it's all about pitching for them. And uh, that that's when you better be on your P's and Q's when you play a team like a Walford, Furman, Davidson, or even a Clemson, Carolina, you know, playing again in, in a postseason. I mean, who, who would want that? I, mean, I know you and I would. I mean, <laughs> we want to see it. I, We'd I, rather see it in, in Omaha than here. I, but I would rather you, know. you host your own, or you go to somebody else's, than <laughs> you come to mine, or go to Coastal's. I don't mind you going to Coastal. I think that'd be a good matchup. Also, Clemson in the Coastal region. Um, so I, the fact that the, that Eric Baker's been here what first year? This is first, and year. they're back to the postseason. Probably going to be a high seed in the ACC tournament, and they now they do the round robin in it also. They do right. Not a fan of that one, but um, I told y'all when he came, when he came in and got that job, he's going to change things around. We got our coach back in Columbia, and you got a new coach that's doing wonders. And the sky's the limit for Clemson baseball. I'll just go ahead and say that. And, and I'm a Gamecock fan, but the sky's yeah. the limit for Clemson baseball. We'll see where they end up. They have to have another good recruiting year. They're going to be a young team after this year. You're graduating some big names, Bryce being one of those. Uh, that's definitely going to be missed and all that. But looking forward to seeing. Yeah, where he they only end got up. what his. Uh, 12th all-region or all-American mm-hmm. award again, kind of like Cagle for the <laughs> softball team. Uh, who? I, I, what amazed me about her, we, and we haven't talked about Clemson softball yet. I'm just going to mention it because she is an all-American, uh, and she's doing it for both pitching and hitting. Mm-hmm. She's ninth in hitting, but she's fourth in pitching as an all-American. That says a lot about one player. So that, that one player has a lot to do with that team. So. Sounds a lot like Laura Lee. It does. You're right. <laughs> All right, uh, and sticking with the Gamecocks uh, this week, well, actually it was ended last week. We didn't get a chance to mention it on Monday because we were so involved with uh, Eagle baseball that was going on. But the, none other than Coach Beamer came on and said, well, this is going to be our new defensive line coach, and that's going to be Travion Robinson. Mixed emotions on this one. In fact, he's a foreign player I love. Um, I know Chris Phillips is really high on this. Uh, my problem is the same problem we had when when Boom was at, at Carolina. You know, the T-Rob defenses just weren't – they were a little bit lackluster to me. And, I mean, he's just actually taking a, a different – he's not the defensive coordinator by no means. That's still going to be no, playing wide. No, uh, defensive line. To have him in on that yeah. is fine. I just – like I said, the last time he was in Columbia, he was D.C. And it, I think now he's got a better role. And as a former player, he's going to be a great recruiter for the Gamecocks. So I'm excited about him coming back in. Well, here's what he had to say uh, at the press conference after Coach Shane Beamer introduced him. Coach Beamer, I thank you um, for bringing me back home. Um, for me, um, this is not something that, that's been um, – that's just happened because I was coaching. This is something I dreamed about for a long time. 
I remember um, when I was in the league playing, and I had um, I had talked to plenty of people asking me what I want to do when I when I was finished, and I had no idea at the time, but. I told a guy, a real good friend of mine, I said, I think I want to coach. And I think Coach Spurrier was still here at the time. And he kept telling me to call Coach Spurrier, stay in contact with Coach Spurrier. And for whatever reason, you know, I never um, contacted Coach Spurrier because just like Coach said, I wanted to do it in a different way. I didn't want to just be entitled to a position just because I played here or just because I, you know, was a captain here or graduated from here. Um, I wanted to go through and make sure I wanted to coach because um, it's not for everybody. And um, so for me, um, I could say this as I was driving to the airport this morning, um, I was thinking of my, my road to coaching. And um, one thing I came up with is it was always connected with Gamecocks. And I'm going to tell you the story. Um, as soon as I got done at 15 playing ball, um, I live like two miles from Peachtree Ridge High School where Coach Fleetwood, um, he was a kicker here. And a lot of, I didn't know that. And I walked in his office and um, told him I was interested in coaching. So that's a former game cop right there that gave me an opportunity. Um, then um, Coach Elliott had took the head coaching job from here to Georgia State. And um, I knew he was busy. I knew just like getting a head coaching job, everybody was hitting him up. So I knew he wasn't going to respond to my Facebook message. I knew he wasn't respond to my text. And so he had hired a former Gamecock, Cedric Williams. And Cedric answered my phone call and um, got me connected with Coach Elliott. So that's another Gamecock that uh, helped me get connected with my second job. And um, Coach Elliott, he, he didn't play here, but he coached here, and he will always be a Gamecock. So him hiring me as his D-line coach in 2019 um, really helped me. And I called him yesterday and thanked him for that because without him believing in me um, as a young guy just finishing the NFL, um, I wouldn't be here right now. So I thank Coach Elliott for that, Coach said for answering my phone call. But then leaving Georgia State to go to Albany as my first ever you know, head D-line job, um, no one knows this, but Corey Peoples was a, a former game cop. That um, And all this is just something I thought of this morning. And I was like, man, Gamecock's been helping me, you know, connect with my coaching career. And so Corey Peoples was the defensive coordinator at Albany State, and I thank him for he didn't know much about me as a coach. Um, he just heard good things about me, you know. He just said, hey, I remember the phone call. He said, look, man, you know, you're Gamecock, you're coaching, and I want to help you. So there you have uh, T. Robin. His, his story on how his coaching career has gone, and it's all Gamecock oriented. Here's what I want to see. Since since T. Rob is about the Gamecock helping Gamecocks, I have been saying for a couple of years, and I'd like to see Kelsey Quarles back down on staff at USC. And that might be the way that he does. I don't know if Kelsey wants to coach at all. He might be just happy to just sit back and and live off what a little bit of pro career he had or whatever. But I'd like to see him reach out maybe to T. Rob and say, "Hey, man, let me come down and coach tackles. Let me come down and coach D line with you." Uh, I think that would be fun. And that, that you know, Kelsey is Lakeland's guy, so I'm gonna support him with what he does. But like I said, I'm excited to have T. Rob back. Um, and like I said, in a, in a little bit different role. And I think he's ready for the job. I think what he did for Elliott, Coach Elliott. Whether we ever want to admit it, he should have been the coach of the Gamecocks, and he wasn't, and he moved on, and he's done well with Georgia State, and he's built a program the way he wanted to build it. And uh, I think 
the way he coaches teams and the, and the coaches he has on his staff is going to really benefit the Gamecocks to have a guy like T-Rob back. All right, there's one other thing I wanted to make mention. You brought it up to me, um, and I just all of a sudden remembered it, but uh, there's a new cheer coach out at Greenwood. I, yeah, yeah, That's we, as of right now. And it, you're not just getting the cheer coach because you, you're getting the whole family. You are. <laughs> it's what you're going to end up getting. And if I can uh, go back and, and uh, real quickly here uh, into high school and, and let you know that uh, if you're interested in cheer, by the way, they are, um, as of right now, taking and uh, getting ready to do, I should say, uh, informational meeting. But you need to go ahead and contact them. Get the QR code from um, – greenwoodathletics.com is where you can get all that. And I, can, I can go back and find it. <laughs> I don't remember the name either, and I apologize. But <sighs> I, it just blew my mind because, like I said, I'm seeing everything like skis and stuff now. But their track meets May the 6th, which is Saturday at Porter God in Charleston. So I don't know if Greenwood Christian or who's going to be a part of that, um, the track meet or not. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's Saturday at Porter God High School in Charleston. All right, so Hillary Childress, I was close. <laughs> Hillary Childress is the new cheer coach, varsity cheer coach for the Greenwood Eagles. Uh, she brings over with her husband, uh, Troy Childress, as well, who also coaches football and basketball. That's so he'll be involved known, yeah. of that. <laughs> so I, I should I should have known that right off the hand. But uh, you reminded me of it uh, the other day. I want to make sure you got her name on here and congratulate her. Awesome on to win. it, awesome to it. All right, well, we enjoyed our time here at Howard's on Main. We invite you to come on by. Uh, may the 4th be with you the rest of the day. <laughs> Exactly. You got your (laughs) lifesaver, would you? I've got it. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a good one.